and welcome to Neither the Time Nor the Space, a Flux. podcast about Doc. <laughs> I'll try that again, Matt. Hello and welcome to Neither the Time Nor the Space Flux. Flux. Yes. A podcast about Doctor Who Flux. My name is David, and as always, I am joined by the cataclysmic Matt. Flux. Flux. Hello there. Hello, everyone. Hello, David. Hello, listener. We're doing it. Yes. We're doing it, mate. We're here. Doctor Who Flux, Series 13. Yeah, we knew all those years ago this was going to be the pinnacle. <laughs> yeah, but, but even though when we, we, you know, we started this, Series 11 hadn't even come out, we knew Series 13 was where, yeah. where we were really heading. Yeah. Um. Oh wow. Where do we even start, Matt? How's your week been? That's uh, where I, we start. I've got some sad news, David. Oh no. I, I think that my phone must be broken. Why is that? Because uh, I'm yet to receive your get well message from when I've had COVID all week. Oh gosh, yes. Uh, I, I am sorry to hear that, Matt. Um. I said something, didn't I? I don't know. At the time? I don't think so. I don't think so. Yeah, maybe not. I mean, I'm, I'm sure I'm... you told me, and I was like, oh, that sucks. Uh, maybe you did, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what more, more you want from me. As as we have established, I am now officially an autistic man. You know, set reasonable expectations on oh, no, these matters. I've got the message here. Uh, I, I sent a message of my positive lateral flow test, and you sent me a message saying congratulations. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for the sympathy. Nearly died. You over it now, though? Yeah, yeah. To be honest, I think I only ever had a mild case. I basically had 24 hours where I genuinely thought this was the end, but then the next day I think I was a bit better. Yeah. I mean, you you were vaxxed to the max, weren't you? Yeah, yeah. Which uh, definitely helps. I still don't know if I've ever had it. Uh, you would know. It's the most well, ill I've been as an adult. The thing is, I had a really horrid illness that lasted about 48 hours in sort of what turned out to be the first week where we had confirmed cases mm-hmm. in the UK. But it was before there was any kind of testing infrastructure. So I don't know that I definitely had it. It could have just been a bad cold. I yeah. didn't. I didn't have what was at the time considered to be the very classic symptoms of loss of smell and taste or persistent cough. It was more. It manifested for me more like a really unpleasant head cold. I wasn't sneezing, but my head felt really bunged up and swimmy, and I couldn't really move for a day. Um, but. I don't know if that was COVID or not. See, I, I went to work on Monday and I was so unwell. I had all the symptoms, but every lateral flow test came back negative. Yeah. So I was like, oh, I must just have some sort of flu. I'm, I'm not feeling great. As soon as I got home, did another lateral flow test. Immediate. The brightest red line I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah. I, um, yeah, I've just, I, I've never, I've never had a positive test result um, in, over the course of this whole thing, and I just, um, it's, it's, this is going to sound mad, 
But I kind of want to get it just to know I've had it. Mm. Just kind of, even though I know it's not, it's not like chicken pox. I can, you know, you can get it again. Um, and as an asthmatic man, I probably shouldn't be wishing to get COVID. But you, you know what I mean? It almost feels like it's a box I need to tick off at this point. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so other than that, you've you've uh, has there been anything interesting in your week? Have you just been kind of out of it for the majority? No, that's been pretty much it. Um, yeah. Today, I set my coffee machine up in the new flat. So mm-hmm. within the last hour, I think I've had equivalent to about six espressos. So oh, lovely! I, I'm completely off my head on coffee at the minute, David. Lovely. Well, I just needed to get um, the settings right, so I just kept making coffees and going, mm, a little bit too strong, that. Mm, a bit too weak. <laughs> but it's not like I had a taste and poured it away. I drank all of it. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, I feel like you've put yourself in a very similar mental state to how I imagine Chris Chibnall was when he was writing Flux. Yeah. Just got mad. <laughs> just literally yeah. lose all grasp of reality. <laughs> I cannot wait to talk about the Halloween apocalypse with you, Matt. Mm. I have been looking forward to this so much. Um, But before we get there, um, shall we attend to the small matter of the letter L? We're up to L this week, yeah. L. Um, And I've retitled this segment. Okay. So it used to be known as the definitive A to Z of Doctor Who. It did. It's now known as the definitive A to Z of Doctor Who, Flux. Oh, excellent. So that will last just for the next six weeks, presumably. Yeah, yeah maybe. Maybe. Um, all right, then. Do you want some episodes uh, from the letter yes, L? Yes, let's start there. Right. As is traditional. What do you think of the long game? Uh, one of the weakest of series one. It's funny, I thought the same. But then, in the context of our podcast, do we overrepresent the Jagrafest? We seem to talk about it a lot more than we maybe should. <laughs> it's a memorable thing, the Jagrafest, certainly. Yeah. But uh, what do you think of Love and Monsters, a favourite of the Married to Who podcast? Mm. I find it uh, tonally challenging. <laughs> wow. Uh, what do you think of the Lazarus experiment? Um, d- appalling. <laughs> d- dreadful episode. Do you think we've just got a sequence of really crap episodes this week? Certainly, L-, L is not a strong one so far, it seems. Uh, what about Last of the Time Lords? Um, that's the last of that trilogy, isn't it? Yeah. Or is it Sound of Drums? Uh, yeah, it's Sound of Drums, then it's Last of the Time Lords. Um, so, yeah, the worst of those three. Yeah, I would maybe. Say. Maybe. I can't really remember them off the top of my head. Um, so, yeah. shall we break the streak of bad episodes and talk about The Lodger? Why not? Yeah. Genuinely good, even though I, you know, I, I couldn't give a toss about James Corden in anything else. It's. He's good in it, that episode, you know? Um, let's kill Hitler. Just bonkers all over the shop. Um, I, I genuinely don't know if I like Let's Kill Hitler or not. Yeah. Is the honest answer. Uh, listen. 
Uh, one of Moffat's best. Last Christmas. My favourite Christmas special, I think. Yeah, I think it might be mine. Yeah. I, I don't really care for the bit in the middle where everything's really mental, but I just like the really sad, dour ending. <laughs> I love it all. I, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm, you know me, I like, I like a bit of bonkers who. <clears throat> um, what about Lie of the Land? Um, that's the last of the monk trilogy, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, which, yeah, it's a bit of a mixed bag. Right. Would you like some characters? Uh, yeah. Before we do characters, I'll mention the one. There's only one classic Who story, uh, which is the Leisure Hive, which is a bit of late period Tom Baker, and it's kind of a trippy one. I quite like it. Think, so, think uh, I've been to yeah. the Leisure Hive. It's a uh, lap dancing club in Leeds, isn't it? <laughs> you know better than me. Right. Wow. Um, characters then, David. I, I've kind of yes, bundled these it. together. What about Lethbridge right. Stewart as a dynasty? Uh, I mean, yeah, that's a strong candidate right there. Uh, probably my pick of the week, Liz Shaw. Oh, yeah, great companion. I've only seen one Underrated. of her stories, which is so good in it. She Because she's so different, is the thing. She's mm. so different from pretty much... from the, Certainly from the archetypal... Classic Who companion. Yeah, like I, honestly, I, if I did a police lineup and you put Tegan, Perry, and Nissa in the line, I wouldn't be able to tell you which one's which, David. Yeah, um, that's what, fair. What about Leela? Uh, yeah, I like Leela. I like Leela a lot as a character. Now, interestingly, David, Wikipedia had no alien races listed under L. It, yeah, I noticed that as well, which is. You know, but, somebody needs to get on that. But the good news is, this week we're talking about the Lupari. We are indeed. I won't attempt the accent because uh, m- mine is less convincing than yours. Well, get used to it. You, this is the final time you'll ever hear me say the word Lupari. From now on, it is always going to be the Lupari. <laughs> Rightly so. Yeah. Rick Good Yorkshire um, Lupari. Indeed, from Space Yorkshire. <laughs> yeah, it, I, I know that. Is is the pun that like he's supposed to be a Yorkshire terrier? I think that must be the thinking. He there doesn't look a lot like one, does he? He looks enough like one that I feel like it works. What I want to know, uh, well, you know what? We'll have this discussion later in the series. I think we, you know. Um, Mate, I'll I'll save it for the series wrap up. I think I was going to make a uh, mention something, but I'll uh, save it for later. Okay. Um, uh, so then, Matt, do you, do you want some where... actors and actresses? Yeah, yeah, that seems like a good option. Yeah, um, Jackie Lane, who played Dodo, if yeah. I remember correctly. Yeah, uh, John Leeson. Uh, K9, obviously. Pro- I probably won't give, as much as I like him, I won't give him the nod this week, because we, I did go for K9 last week, so. Bonnie Langford. Who played Melanie Bush, who you have not seen yet. No. I think uh, she was in Thingy, wasn't she? Dimensions in Time. 
That's a good. She was a good way to introduce all the characters to me. I felt. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you really got a good measure of each of them, didn't you? Yeah. Uh, I don't know if we need to talk about this one, David. Yeah. Bruno Langley. Um. No, let's move on, shall we? Yeah. To Matt Lucas. Oh, Nardo. Nardo. Yeah. Oh. You know, I've been struggling with what I was going to pick for L. Matt Lucas, that, that could be a winner there. I think I'm going to go with Shaw. Mm. I mean, have you, have you got some writers and boring cast members you want to talk about before we move on? Well, certainly, I've certainly got writers. I feel like that's the main thing to, to, to tick off the list at this point. Um, so we have Henry Lincoln, mm-hmm. who was responsible for the two um, Yeti slash uh, great intelligence stories of the, of the Second Doctor era. Um, we've got Peter Ling, who wrote The Mine Robber. Um, I do, do you think... It, it, do you even re- you must remember watching the mind robber, Matt? Um, I've had similar dreams that to that, like fever dreams this week when I had COVID. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was uh, like, "Is that you, the- Carcass? Have you come to save me?" <laughs> well done on remembering that. That's a deep pull. Um, and uh, John Lucarotti, who was a writer who wrote three stories in um, the Hartnell era, only one of which survives, unfortunately, which was um, the Aztecs. And basically, his speciality was uh, historicals, back when they would actually try to make the historical stories historically accurate. And he would do, like, tons of research and, you know, really go for it. And then they kind of just quietly ditched his sort of style of story writing. And I think it's one of the great shames that we never got more John Lucarotti historicals. I I'm if if it wasn't already clear, I quite like John Lucarotti as a as a writer. Um But having said that, I think of everything you've mentioned, for me it is a toss up between Leela and Lethbridge Stewart. Um, I, I mean, you didn't go Brigadier for B. I didn't. This is going to be one of my last opportunities, isn't it? And I've missed Ski for Courtney. Well, when we get to R, you can go for Robo Brig. <laughs> I've already penciled it in the table for you. Um, yeah, I'm doing it. I've uh, as much. I Lena is one of my favourite classic companions, but I think I'm going to have to give uh, the nod to uh, Lethbridge Stewart on this occasion. Yeah. All right, I'll get that in. Next week, David, we're halfway through the A to Z. Gosh, that's gone quick, hasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I've been putting together the uh, the compendium. It's, it's about three hours long already. Good lord. Yeah. <laughs> That's going to be our Christmas Day drop this week, this year, sorry. Yeah. God, we uh, do waffle on, don't we? Yeah, so we're on to M next week. Anything jump out at M. you? Uh, not off the top of my head. Um, we'll just have to wait and see, I yeah, think. Let's not I spoil know. it. I've already penned in Mox of Balhoon for you for next week, so. 
<laughs> well, you never know. It might it might be the one that wins it. Mm. We'll see. Okay, shall we uh, move on to our always up to the minute news segment? Mm-hmm. Well, How David, got we, we, we okay. We can't. We can't just jump into the news without addressing, of course, the 14th Doctor. It's been a big <sighs> week for news. I think I'm going to let you take yeah. the floor on this one this week. I, I okay. know you're excited. Well, yeah, I am. I am. I am. So, I mean, first of all, we have to deal with the fact that we've just had April Fool's and there's been all sorts of nonsense mm. being flung around on Twitter. Oh, it's Tom Holland. Oh, it's, it's Andy Day from Andy's Dinosaur Adventures. Yeah. And, uh, I think I saw somewhere sort of someone thing. even said it was going to be coleslaw. I did I did see that, actually, during, this, during the rounds. Yeah. Ridiculous idea. Um... Look, we, 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 we did mention it previously, um, that it was going to be a tardigrade, um, and then obviously it seemed like that wasn't happening, and that you know, that all got kind of kind of buried by, by other rumours. Um, but I do now have it on good authority. The tardigrade is in, and what is more, they have cast the voice actor. Oh, really? They have... Ca- we, we know who will be voicing the tardigrade. And... I think I think we should all be quite excited about this. Matt. It's Graham Norton. Graham Norton. They got Graham Norton for the Tardigrade. You can just picture it, can't you? Yeah, yeah, I can see it. Yeah, and I mean obviously Graham Norton he he hasn't done a lot of acting and comedy but you know he's mostly just doing the chat show stuff these days and has been for a long time very comfortable doing that, very good at doing that. Um but his background is obviously stand up and and acting and he's 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 quite a versatile performer and um i don't think you would have ever got graham norton to do live action doctor who no but it it makes I, sense with but the tardigrade yeah exactly you know but because he basically he can just rock up do do all of his lines in a couple of weeks for a whole series and then he can, you know, just crack on with the chat show stuff. Uh, and obviously, he's he's, you know, his show is has often promoted Doctor Who in the past. Um, well, fun, he has famously, enough, on occasion, if, interrupted broadcasts of, of uh, Doctor Who. Yeah. If if you rearranged the letters of the words Fourteenth Doctor, yeah, it's actually an anagram of Irish chat show host. So, there you <laughs> is go. that so? There you go. The the clues were there. Yeah. The clues were there all along. Yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. Um. So that's the big news, obviously. But you know what we what we like to do on this segment? We like to just jump on uh every, the 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 world's favourite search engine, Searchwise.net. Sorry. What what's search the name the of this segment? Oh, oh, it's um, Have I Got Who's For You. Well, I think we need to address that and maybe update it, David. Why is that? I'm going to start calling it Have I Got Who's For You Flux. <laughs> That's a very good idea, Matt. Yeah, yeah, let's do that. Just bear with me on that. Yeah. Let's, let's just go with it for this week and see how we get on.
Right. Um, okay, so... I'm getting a lot of stuff about the upcoming uh, special, Legend of the Sea Devils. Uh, I cannot wait. They look absolutely shocking. They look. I won't abide that Absolutely crap. They look like the sort of stuff George Lucas edited out when he remade Star Wars. (laughs) It's like get rid of that. We'll just CGI over the top of it. I am going to just. I'm not. I'm not taking. I'm not taking the bait, Matt. I'm not taking the bait this week. You know, you can you can be as rude as you like about me, but you don't besmirch the good name of my beloved Sea Devils. Okay. Only Chris Chibnall can do that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> God, I, I I I will be honest, Matt. I really hope he doesn't fuck that one up. I mean, I really, really, I really, really want Sea Devil, uh, Legend of the Sea Devils, to be good. I mean, what if it's I not? I need that. What if it's not? I can't entertain the idea. What it hurts me too what, much. What if there's absolutely no climax to the regeneration scene? What what if the episode's absolutely crap <sighs> and the doctor's like, right, off we go, hop in the TARDIS, and then you don't what even is, see is, it. Jodie Whittaker just Jodie Whittaker just goes right in the TARDIS, and then when you see Dan and Yaz walk into the TARDIS. They're just followed by a tardigrade voiced by Graham Norton. <laughs> well, we'll find out in sort of... Uh, I, I'm guessing probably November time this year will be her regeneration episode. Ah, uh, exciting. So, yeah. I can't believe that's going to be the first one we're watching live. Yeah. Should we get together yeah. and watch it? And record it? I would love that. Yeah. I would love that. Yeah. Just watch it and just immediately dive straight in. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, right, okay. Um, let's see. So, uh, other than Legend of the Sea Devils headlines, we've got Russell T. Davis's return proves, quote, vibrancy of Doctor Who, says Stephen Moffat. Interesting choice of words. Metro are just, um, just rubbernecking into Jodie Whittaker's private life, which seems unnecessary um oh game rant what we want to see from the 14th doctor's run i mean good episodes that'd be nice make a welcome (laughs) change um plymouth live matt oh yeah plymouth live pointless question has doctor who fans lamenting quote sign of the times uh i think i saw that because now I follow yeah. Elliot Ball on Twitter. I saw a lot of noise about this. One of the questions on Pointless was Doctor Who Companions. Yeah, I saw it. They, they all scored quite low, if memory serves. Mm. Uh, Den of Geek have got a think piece. What makes a great multi-doctor story? Um, um, John Pertwee. You, you know what? That's a pretty good shout. <laughs> like, that, that's, that's the correct answer to that question. John Pertwee. <laughs> um, Matt uh, Smith uh, would like Doctor Who return. Do, um, do you think, it, right? Sorry, sorry. It's the best part in the dot, dot, dot. Yeah, that's because yeah. Matt Smith's in that new Morbius film, which has been called, like, the worst 
superhero film of the last 10, 15 yeah, years. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but again, apparently so... he's the best bit about it. I mean, it doesn't surprise me. Sorry. I, he's a great performer. I, I was going to say, do you think, right, yeah. if when we get to the BBC's birthday or whatever it is, if they did a multi-doctor story, do you think people would be accepting, and I'm certain I've asked this before, if they got Sean Pertwee, John Pertwee's son, to play his incarnation of the Doctor? I think most Who fans would lap it up. Yeah, just... Like, Sean Pertwee's a good actor. Get him in. Yeah. Get him in. He could do it. He did once... Have you seen the photo? One one Halloween, he dressed up as the third Doctor. Uh, just allow me and, to Google that. Yeah, just just kind of set just set the fandom ablaze with that one photo Sean Pertwee Doctor Who photo oh he yes do it yeah it it, it wouldn't be hard would it no it's not a stretch get get him to do the third Doctor right Tom Baker's still alive, isn't it? So, Fourth Doctor onward, everyone's still alive. Yes. And then if you get the flying heads to play the First and Second Doctor from Dimensions in Time... <laughs> what? Just reuse the same graphics? Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> or get Richard Herndall, or whatever he's called, to play the First Doctor. Um, D- David Bradley, most recently. Yeah, and get Reese yeah. Shearsmith to play Patrick Troughton. Oh, yeah, with his absolutely convincing Patrick <laughs> Trout. Yeah. Like, I, I, I genuinely yeah. think if they if they did it quite cleverly, like, just... They, they could recast the whole thing. There, there are ways. There are ways to do it, obviously. Uh, to be honest, like, forget, I would Tom be quite... Baker's ten years older than he was when he played the curator as well. Yeah, so yeah. He, he is going to be frail, but game in. <laughs> Um, I genuinely would like, I think, um, just a, a bit like they did with Twice Upon a Time, one modern Doctor plus Sean Pertwee as the third Doctor. Just the, just as a duo, you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, maybe get get the Fugitive Doctor in there. Just jo- Joe Martin and the and uh, the third Doctor. Yeah. That would be. I mean, I don't know whether you could handle that much sort of machismo. Right. I'm saying, whoever the new Doctor is, multi-story Doctor. I want Capaldi, McGann, Sean Pertwee, Fugitive Doctor. Just an absolute cluster of unrelated Doctors, but just get them in there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And not a tenant in sight. No, no. <laughs> and get some of the guys from Brain and Morbius. Give them a bit of screen time. Yeah. No, actually, I say not a tenant in sight. What if they got Georgia Tennant in? Yeah. To be Jenny. Yeah. Get, Je- get Jenny back, but not David Tennant, because he's got to stay home and mind the, mind the kids. Yeah. Like, it, it'd be great. 
Uh, there, 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 look, what we are really circling around here is the fact that the possibilities are absolutely endless and nobody has a, a clue what RTD is going to do for the 60th. Yeah. Um, it, it will be fascinating to see. But obviously, I want that tardigrade voice by Graham Norton front and centre. You know, fundamentally, this is the opportunity to introduce a new doctor to a new audience. So that's got to take precedent. Right, OK, we haven't picked an article yet, Matt, so let's crack on, shall we? Um, got basically a regurgitated Big Finish press release here. Um, is Tom Holland the new Doctor? Clever, a uh, clever April Fool's prank tricks fans. No fans were tricked by that. Yeah. Not one. Yeah, I can answer that one that's as well. That's just a it's lie. No. Yes. Um, what do you want to do, Matt? Um, oh, we've got Richard Osman's home life from famous brother to Doctor Who star girlfriend. Um, who's his girlfriend? Bit of, I don't know. Bit of gossip, isn't it? Yeah, shall we, you want shall to we find do a little out? bit of celeb gossip this week? Yeah, why not? Yeah. Why not, eh? Okay, let's have a quick look at this. Before we find out, who do you think his girlfriend is? Um, okay, Doctor Who star. It's not going to be like, you know, one of your main companions. I don't know, could be Catherine. Does Catherine take, have a, is she in a relationship? Um, I, I honestly don't know. Could be Catherine Tate, couldn't it? I don't know. Let's have a look. Oh, uh, I've, I've Googled it, David, and it's the worst oh. bloody case scenario. Is it? I, okay, well, let me see if I can... Uh, I, I'm just skipping to the, uh, to the, um, to the relevant paragraph here. So, uh, Richard is currently dating Doctor Who star Ingrid... Oh, Ingrid Oliver. Osgood. No, I shouldn't, com I shouldn't comment on someone's relationship. That's unfair of me. Yeah. yeah, I do very much um, enjoy Richard Osman's House of Games, though. Yes, and Ingrid Oliver is a lovely person, so fair play. Right. I'm just going to do a play. big, horrible COVID cough here, sorry. Good luck. <coughs> Excuse me. Might edit that out, might keep it in, who knows. Mm. Um... The couple recently returned from a relaxing getaway in Oman. Posting a series of photos on Instagram, Richard showed off some personal photos of his stay at Six Senses Zai Bay in Oman. I've never, is that in Scotland or something? I've never heard of it. What, Oman? Yeah, Oman. I've never seen that. It's a country. Sequence of letters. Is it? Yeah. I've never heard of it. Um, it's over towards uh, UAE in Dubai way, isn't it? Oh, right, okay. I'm certain it is. How do you pronounce it? Oman. Oman. You've never heard of that country. Uh, it's next to Yemen and Saudi Arabia. Right, okay. Yeah, no, I mean, geography is not my strong suit. I, I couldn't tell you anything about it other than I've just Googled it, no. but it's one that... You know when you play the game where you have to list A to Zs of something? Yeah. I'm certain it usually comes up as O for countries. 
Yeah. Oh, are there any other O, o countries? Ooh. I can't think of anything. Let me just Google countries beginning. There you go. We're educational, aren't we? Well, we're certainly not talking about Doctor Who yet, and I'm starting to get antsy. There's exactly one country that begins with O, David. Can you tell me its name? Is it Omen? Well done, yeah. You've just won a million well, pounds on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. Right. That's exciting. Um, let us, Matt. I, th- I think we can't prevaricate any longer. It is time to discuss Doctor Who Flux. Yes! Chapter one. I'm going to edit Halloween in some dance music. Apocalypse. Let's get some dance music edited in to celebrate <laughs> reaching Flux. Sure, you're editing this week. Yeah. Go nuts. Yeah. Um, oh, Matt. Do, do you want to um, know what the listeners thought of this? Uh, yes. Uh, yes, that, let's that's start That's a tough there. look, David, because we did agree no listener tweets through Flux. So, let's move on. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. We've got some nice Yeah, things. yeah. We can't, we can't keep teasing them like that. Right. The first message, David, comes from Mark from the All of Time and Space podcast. Say hello. Hello, Mark. Uh, Mark basically said last week that the little jingle I made was an abomination and I shouldn't put it in the pod anymore. I've not heard it. Uh, well, I, I respect Mark as a podcaster, so I'm going to follow his uh, follow his guidance. And Fair enough. That, that's the one and done for the Ariel theme tune. Sorry, Ariel, but uh. it's all right. Uh, would you like, David, a message from the Who Can Convince You pod? Of course I would. Okay. Now, Who Can Convince You say, I struggled to remember what happened in this one, so I listened to our Flux review. We didn't like it. L <laughs> is for Liz Shaw. Yeah. Uh, it, it, great companion. Good choice. Yep. Yeah. Uh, The next message comes from Ian Morgan. Do you want to say hello, David? Hello, Ian. And Ian says L stands for Lynx. Ah. Now, that's a reference I don't think I get. Yeah, it was the first Sontaran character. Ah. Commander Lynx. That's good to know. Yeah. Right. Would you like a message from James Swifty Swift? Of course I would, yes. Uh, James says, A lot happens in the episode, and I think if the series wasn't advertised as a six-parter, it would concern me. But I enjoyed it. It's difficult to rate without the context of the rest of Flux, but I enjoyed it a lot more with context. Mm. Fair enough, yeah. Okay, now, speaking of James, would you like a message from James, son of Nicholas Courtney? Of course, yes. Go ahead. James says, it's a bit of a mess, but not terrible. It definitely sets the tone for the rest of Flux. I was surprised that the episode didn't open on Dan, as I always think it's best to open from a new companion's perspective. And L is for love and monsters, because why not? (laughs) Right, the next message comes from Amy. Say hello, David. Hi, Amy. 
Uh, Amy says, a lot is thrown at you in the Halloween apocalypse. It's all a bit confusing because you don't know how everything will fit since it's all one big story. Swarm looked cool. Did he regenerate? And Carvinista and Dan are funny. And then for Elle, she's gone for, and I don't know how to pronounce this, Logopolis? Logolopis? Logopolis. Logopolis. Yeah. Um, late, another late period Tom Baker story, which actually I didn't mention. I should no. have mentioned it. I, I didn't spot it on my list. Oh, well, there you go. Tom Baker will be mad at you for that. Oh, he will. He'll be fuming. Yeah. Right. Uh, the next message, David, there'll be no fanfare this week because it comes from Ariel. Hi, Ariel. Uh, Ariel says, I thought it was a bit much to throw into one episode and very much a setup that doesn't stand on its own. I had a pretty good time watching it. Sorry, a pretty good time watching it, though, and it definitely made me curious for the rest of Flux. L is for mm. London. A lot of stories take place there. They certainly do. Mm. None of them are filmed there in New Yeah. Uh, it's all Cardiff. We then have a message from Kimberly. We haven't heard from Kimberly for a while. Hope she's okay. Yeah. Say hello, David. Hi, Kimberly. Uh, Kimberly says, I enjoyed it and was looking forward to seeing where the overarching story was going to go. It will be interesting to see how much you remember or was spoilt for you without realising because of the after show. Uh, I'll, I'll yeah. tell you now, David, the grand sum of nothing. I have no idea what's going on here. Oh, yeah. Okay. Good. Just like the rest of us at the moment. Yeah. Right, David. The next message yep. comes from... BT Flibbity Giggard, please say hello. Grouting Terraces. Grouting Terraces. <laughs> yeah, we're doing anagrams this week, Matt. All right, okay. <laughs> 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 at, at first, I was about to say that isn't as good as last week, David, but you've, you've outdone yourself again. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I just want you to know I'm just sat with my head in my hands. Just, just <laughs> smiling, just the broadest smile. I do, I do, I do warn you, Matt. I am going to run out of ideas. <laughs> but this is my favourite bit of the pod now. <laughs> I know. I don't want to let you down. Right then, David. The next message comes from a Martin McLean Hall of Famer. Have, you haven't read uh, the curator's text oh, I don't yet. actually care about the tweets, David. Yeah. I just like your jokes. <laughs> right, oh, here we go. BT Flibbity Giggard. It's one of those episodes that's all set up, which is fine in the context of a multi-part story, but it makes really hard to judge as an individual episode. Calvin Easter is cool, but they're a little bit too desperate for us to like Dan in this episode. L is for Liz Shaw. Ne next week, for Liz. next week, should we just not do tweets and you can just tell me jokes for a minute or two? Yeah, all right. I mean, I can tell you one now. Um, I've got another uh, joke from Little Zorbs, if you like. Oh, go for it. In fact, I'd, I'd forgotten I'd done this, but I wrote it down when he said it because I was like, this is, we're getting somewhere. He's, oh, he, you're going to end up like uh, Bob Monkhouse with notebooks full of jokes. Yeah, it's possible. I mean, they're, they're all absolutely baffling. But this one, there's no made-up words involved. It, it, it has a setup and a punchline, and it's all, you know, grammatically, and you know, on point. So, Matt, are you ready for this? Always. How does a robot penguin drink its tea? 
Through its beak? With its gills, Matt. Oh, man. That's some advanced robotics, then. If you can... Yeah. Synthesise gills, man. Yeah. Wowee. Ever mentioned that Little Zorbs loves robots? Yeah, several times. That one's a thinker. I'm going to have to think about this robot penguin. Mm-hmm. I might even draw a picture later on. It certainly does prompt more questions. Yeah. As a joke. Yeah. Right. The next message, David, comes from Sonia from the Marty McLean Hall of Fame. Can you say hello, please? Hello, Sonia. Okay. And L is for the episode Listen. Ah, yeah, good one. one. Good one. Right, now, David, I'm going to take a bit of a left turn. Okay, because we did get quite a few tweets this week. Yeah, yeah. About the situation with your hat. Right, okay. James Swifty Swift is desperate to see you in a deer stalker. Well, I I don't want to be the bearer of bad news, but... He's got to have to wait at least another week. Mm. Yeah. It's, it's you know, it's on order. It's just not arrived yet. Well, all in good time. All in yeah. good time. So I am wearing a hat, though. That's good, because we, we... Of course. You know last week where I said, if you've listened to the end... Let's be honest, last week yeah. was a crap episode. But loads of people have come out and said, oh, I really enjoyed this week's episode. And I don't get yeah. it. Like, we were tired <laughs> and we just raced through it. But we did get... Yeah, I'm worried because we're recording earlier today and I'm in quite high-energy mood, yeah. so maybe it's going to be a terrible episode. I'm absolutely off my head on coffee. I'm in, I'm in the zone this week. Uh, <laughs> but we got loads of people just tweeting saying, I've listened. And it took me ages to work out. We said, oh, if you've reached the end, send us a message saying, I've listened. Um, <laughs> but we did get a nice one from uh, Marie Boudreau. So, David, if you've got your yeah. hat... Are you wearing yes. a hat you said you were? Well, uh, uh, yes, I mean, it, it, uh, I don't want to split hairs too much, but uh, okay, so basically, you know, remember last week I was wearing a pork pie hat. Correct, yeah. Now are you just wearing a pork pie? I am, yes, that was the joke. Oh, I'm so sorry I spoiled it. <laughs> it's all right. Is it? Anyway, I'll take it off. Is it from the shop or from the butchers? Because there's two very distinct classes of pork pie. Oh, yeah, no, it's it's from the butchers, obviously. Oh, good. And is it just yeah. pure pot pie? Or has it got chorizo? Has it got black pudding, beans? No, it's just just a, just a very traditional pork pie. Oh, lovely. Yeah. Lovely. Um, so, yeah, that's quite nice. You can take it off if you want. Yes, I shall. Thank you. Good. Good. Right. Um, I, I've got one little thing I want to do before we review the episode, David. Yeah. It's a new game called What's That Noise? Okay. Okay. So I think you've played this game with me before on one occasion. Maybe. I want to see if you can yeah. guess what this noise is. Okay. Okay. So it's a little bit like ASMR. So if you're listening mm-hmm. to this, I just want you to like visualize. So I'm going to stop talking now. Okay. Okay. It sounds scrunchy and plasticky. Okay, that was just the first half of the noise. Here's part okay, two. Okay, right. Oh, okay. So that's a packet of something crunchy. So like packet of crisps of some description. I'll give it a second pass for you. Okay. 
I'll, I'll move closer to the microphone. Okay, I'm listening intently. Hold on, because my headphones got caught there. Here we go. This could be a little contest. If you don't get it, the listeners can tweet in mm-hmm. this week and okay. say, what's that okay. noise? Here we go. Okay. Pork scratchings, final answer. Oh, David. I'm sorry you're wrong. Uh, well, gave it a good good go. So there's this week's little tweet in contest. If you think you know what that noise is, um, I'm just going to text you an actual picture of what it is, David. Oh, well, thank you. I'm glad that you're not going to keep me in suspense for a whole week at least. Okay. You're going to kick yourself? <clears throat> oh, I'm sure I will. Um... Oh, gosh. Yeah. Right. Well, there you go. So, there you go. I'll edit this next bit out, but I am going to finish eating it. So, here we go. <laughs> you crack on. I'm going to have a big slurp of coffee. Whenever I talk to Rob from the Cloisterbell podcast, yeah. all he wants to talk about is dunking biscuits in his tea. And I just don't agree with that. Are you not a dunker at all? No, I like to do what I call the cement mixer. Oh, no. Take a bite no. of my biscuit, a slurp yeah. of my tea, and then just go mad in my mouth. I remember you, you mentioning that on uh, Who Can Convince mm. You. In fact, the, 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 I will say, the, the most recent episode of... Uh, uh, look, is it called Look Who's Talking? Look Who's Talking, is that the, yeah. Yeah, with you, with you guesting on it. I haven't listened to the whole episode yet, but I, I've listened to the first sort of 45 minutes or so, which is some very high-quality biscuit chat. Mm. But you, there, there were some bizarre opinions being flung about in that discussion, I must say. Uh, Apart from anything else, when when you were discussing what is, like, the worst biscuit, the, the one that, you know, you always leave at the bottom of the barrel, I cannot believe none of you mentioned uh, Nice biscuits. Yeah, but they're just non-offensive. No, they are. They are deeply offensive. Because they've got that, like, hint of coconut. They are deeply unpleasant I mean, biscuits. Ha- have we kind of spoiled the game? What's that noise? Because we've just been talking about drinks and biscuits. I mean, who knows? It maybe it 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 gives people a bit of a clue, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, maybe I have been having pop scratchings and tea. <laughs> All right then. Um, let's let's hear Marie's tweet finally. We've kept her in suspense um, long enough. I mean, I've just closed it on my phone. It pretty much just said good episode. <laughs> Uh, it said, this was a really good episode. I hope David's hat has good ventilation. And I don't realise how much I missed the Martin McLean theme song. It's always good to hear. And mm-hmm. what a way to spoil getting Meal of the Week back. I'll do better. <laughs> Guacamole on fish and chips. I mean, come on. It, it was pretty shocking. Pretty shocking stuff. Right. Right then. David. Is that is that all of our tweets done? David. It's time for Doctor Who Flux. Oh, Matt, I cannot wait. Right, okay then. Um, let's let's do the classic system. Good episode, bad episode. How are you rating the Halloween apocalypse? I right, David. I, I need to go full confession here. 
Okay. Okay. And you might think of less of me when I tell you this, but right. I uh, I watched this episode on broadcast. <gasps> did you? I did. That? And I lied and pretended I hadn't. But the thing is, when it finished, I was none the wiser, and I didn't watch any more of Flux. <laughs> All right. Okay. I was concerned that this was going to be the regeneration story and I was going to, like, miss it or have it spoilt for me. Right, okay. So I, I watched this and then I think pretty much as soon as it was finished, you or someone else explained to me that that wasn't the case. So I haven't watched any more of Flux. Okay, okay? all right. I watched this episode and there was a big dog... Graham and Brian and Ryan, sorry, weren't there. I didn't really know what was going on. I was very confused. They mentioned division a couple of times, and that meant bugger all. To yeah, the like time. there was just references to stuff. I was like, like, did the last episode end with them hanging over this acid? What is going on? Um, <laughs> so, like, I, I, I needed to come clean. I watched this episode when it came out. Because right, okay. I was worried I was going to have the experience of the regeneration spoilt for me. But right. I haven't seen any more. So okay. I'm coming clean. All right. Well, thank you for the... Uh, as always, I appreciate your honesty, Matt. Um, so that being the case, on your second watch, now you're watching it off the back of um, The Timeless Children and Revolution of the Daleks. Mm-hmm. How are you feeling about Flux? It must make just you know make perfect sense now. I I I might go good episodes, some bit, some bad bits. Okay. Yeah, I think that's fair. Because yeah, I I re I, I quite enjoyed this, and yeah. I think it's a good episode. But yeah. it is one of those episodes where it's a good episode. But if someone said, "Show me a good episode of Doctor Who," I don't think you could show them this episode. Or. Not in isolation, sir. Yeah. No. If you're like, well, if you've got six hours free, let's we can do flux. But um, I mean, yeah. I, I guess my analogy. You know, I'm, I'm partial to a good analogy. My analogy for this is basically, we are watching, the start of a juggling act right here. Mm. We've seen the juggler pick up, you know, half a dozen f- clubs, set them on fire, and. start to throw them up in the air Mm. and now we've just got to wait and see whether he can actually catch them all and catch the last one in his teeth at the end and you know if he does standing ovation but um i won't spoil yet whether or not that is the case but it, it is it's just this episode really just what I like about it, and, I do, and I'm going to say as well, good episode, some bad bits. It's definitely, you cannot say this is a perfect episode of Doctor Who, but it is exciting. Yeah. It is really exciting it, to watch. It, Just be like... It brings enough to the table that you think if they can pull this off, the payoff's going to be brilliant. Yeah, definitely. And... Um, what I really love about it is it. I really get a strong sense that when Chimble was writing this series, you know, he's had a couple of series which have been very mixed. He's had um, a lot of very unpleasant people, like, you know, saying really horrible things about him 
uh, on the internet. Um, he knows this is going to be his last go at it, mm-hmm. and he's having to make all kinds of like technical compromises to make it produced during a pandemic. Because let us not forget, this series was produced at the absolute height of lockdown Britain. Be- beyond a little bit of ropey blue screen, green screen, whatever. Yeah. Does it suffer that much? No, it doesn't ma- it doesn't really. The main thing is is it is a lot of, you know, two or three people standing on a set. But it, it quite far apart from each other. But it would be anyway. You don't really feel you know the, yeah, the bit yeah, where they're I, on I, Carvinista's ship all talking. You know. Yeah. You don't need a thousand people strong crowd there. No, 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 absolutely not. It does it well, but, but like, definitely there were compromises made for the production of this series, not least of which is the length. But that all being the case, I really get the sense that Chris Chibnall just stopped giving a fuck what anybody else thought. I really feel like this is him just throwing caution to the wind and being like, all right, son it, I'll write whatever the hell I want. And so we just... It feels uninhibited in a way that series 11 and and 12 didn't. And I won't spoil anything in terms of detail of what's coming up, but that sense of it being uninhibited, I think, runs right the way through this series. Would, would you, then, and I, I suppose this is a question that I'll probably ask again when we reach the end of the series. You can decide if you yeah. want to answer it today or not. Okay. If somebody said to you, we've got series 11, 12, 13, which yeah. one of those defines the Chibnall run? Would you go for this one? And when I, when I say defines, I don't mean... I mean, obviously, there's a lot of negativity around the Chibnall era. So you might say... That's a good... But it, that's a good question. I, I, okay, I would say if you're talking about one that best encapsulates every aspect of what he has done with the show, I'd say probably series twelve mm-hmm. gives you the broadest impression of that. Because there's looking back, having seen all of Flux, I can see the episodes in series twelve which have that Flux-like quality to them. Mm-hmm. But if we if we're just asking which is my favourite. What is my what is my sort of peak, my favourite of the thirteenth Doctor and the Chibnall era? Um, I I will just I won't make no bones about it. It is series thirteen without a shadow of doubt. Mm-hmm. I and I I don't mind spoiling that now. Um, I have I had a great time with it watching it first time around. I'm really looking forward to revisiting it. Um, and yeah, I hope you enjoy the ride, Matt. Because, good, good or bad, it will be a ride, for sure. Good. And I think this, I think if nothing else, this episode makes that abundantly clear. You know, the sheer number of threads being set up and the bizarreness of it. The fact that you've got creations like Easter that he's just throwing Sontarans into the mix we get like a whole weeping angel scene just rammed into the middle of it um yeah it it really feels like he's just thrown caution to the wind and is just 
writing what makes him happy. Hmm. And I'm here for it. So, uh, yeah. Let's, uh, shall, shall we get stuck in? Yeah. There, there, think... there is a, there is, yeah, it's all set up, but there is a lot of setup that we need to unpack in this yeah, episode. I think we've spent about 20 minutes going, shall we just talk about the episode? So, right, here yeah. we go. Sounds about usual. Yep, okay. The Halloween Apocalypse. Yes. Episode one of series 13, Flux, mm-hmm. from the 31st of October 2021. We're finally within a year, David. Yes, yeah. I can't Finally wait. happened. I can't wait. Six or seven more of these and then we're done. Yes, well, let's think. If you, inc- if you include this one, it will be these six plus... The, the New Year special and then uh, Legend of the Sea Devils and then you'll be caught up. So that's eight episodes wow. until you are fully caught up yeah. with extant New Who. Yeah. I might buy myself a crown. Just think, <laughs> I, I don't really like Doctor Who, but I probably watched more of it than most Doctor Who fans. So they... Certainly a lot at this point. Yeah. And there's, to be clear, there's nothing wrong about that. That wasn't me being a gatekeeper. Um if you if you watch one episode of Doctor Who and enjoy it, feel free to call yourself a Doctor Who fan. But um, yeah, I mean, you're not. But yeah. if you want to call yourself that, right? <laughs> Written by Chris Chibnall and directed by Jamie Magnus Stone. Yeah. Right. We open with the Doctor and Yaz hanging upside down above some acid on a dying planet by someone called Carvanista. Yeah. Uh, they have a little argument. And then trapeze their way out. Having a little bit of flying hijinks. It's all good fun, isn't it? Yeah. It's I I, I'm a big fan of an in media res uh opening. Though I will say I I really feel like you can tell Chris Chibnall has been catching up on the MCU with this series because this feels very much like the start of uh, Thor Ragnarok. Mm. Yeah, that's a good point. In that way. And there is another moment later on that feels like it's borrowed pretty much wholesale wholesale from Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, yeah. I know exactly the moment you mean. Yeah, but nothing wrong with that. Good writers steal all the time. Uh, So, after a bit of flying hijinks, we have some voice-activated handcuff hijinks. Oh, good fun. Yes, indeed. So, um, yeah, the, the gag being, of course, one of the one of the Scottish doctors, either either seven or twelve, take your pick, may have uh, set the voice activated handcuffs. Uh, then, yeah, and they land on a mattress as well. Well, before then, conveniently placed mattress. We get some. Oh, we're not even got there. We get yeah. some Harry Potter Quidditch fun, don't we? Where they're all flying around oh, on broomsticks. I guess it does look a bit like that. Yeah. And then they fly in the TARDIS, and as you say, they land on a bed together. Mm. Yes. Yeah. They were misses. Yes, indeed. We'll say no more. Okay. And then they just kind of get up and go, right, let's fly off. Time to go save Earth. Mm-hmm. And then after the titles, we open in 1820 Liverpool. Yeah. Where we meet Joseph Williamson digging tunnels beneath Liverpool. And he can't... Now. Explain their purpose. Are you familiar with Joseph Williamson, the real historical figure? Yeah, I know that there's tunnels under Liverpool and no one knows why. 
He just paid men yeah. to dig some tunnels. You see, I'd never heard of it before, but what a great little nugget of history. And that is exactly the kind of thing that is just, like, perfect to be plundered for Doctor Who. Mm. You know, a strange historical mystery. Just, yeah, that's that's the sweet spot right there. Um, He says... So, yeah, we, we see him, and then we basically don't see him for the rest of the episode. No, well, he says that um, he's yeah. digging them because the cataclysm is coming. Mm. Ooh, so that's exciting, isn't it? Oh, it is, definitely. I love a good cataclysm. Right. We then fast forward to Liverpool in the present day. Uh, then we meet Dan at the Museum of Liverpool. Yeah, yeah. And he loves Liverpool. Gosh, doesn't he, though? Yeah. But he's not a tour guide. He's just telling everyone how great Liverpool is. Mm -hmm. uh, and then we're introduced to Di, who stops him. Yeah. And, David, I I've written this, because I think it's important we raise this now. Dan. Yeah. Is a bloody great guy, isn't he? Oh, isn't he? He's such a good guy. He is. What a guy. Oh, great. He'd do anything for anyone. Yeah. What a top bloke. He would. He would, wouldn't he? Yeah. Um, yeah, this... Probably the weakest element of this episode is the introduction of Dan. Because it just lays it on with a trowel. Yeah. And... You know, that doesn't make for an interesting character, I don't think. Someone who's just great. Yeah. And selfless to a fault. And it's like... It's like when you're preparing for a job interview and you're tossing up whether or not you can you can get away with saying, I think probably my biggest flaw is that I'm too much of a perfectionist. Yeah. You know, it's that kind of vibe, isn't it? It's just like, oh, come what, off it. What do you think Dan's dark secret is? I bet he goes fly tipping. Well, on the subject, I, I will say, one re-watching this, as, as an admirer of the YouTube channel Doctor Who Poop... Oh, I've seen Evil um, Dan, yeah. Evil Dan. Like, the, so much of what they use for those videos comes from these establishing scenes, yeah. you know, yeah. lines like, um, what's, what's the, the point, point of being, being alive? alive? Yeah. <laughs> and, and his little ha-hoo when he opens the door on the... Um, yeah. I have heard that clip out of context so many times <laughs> at this point. It's, it's kind of strange to, to actually watch them yeah. as intended. <laughs> yeah, I remember but, like, when this episode came out, those videos were yeah. everywhere. Yeah, because they, they were so well done. And, and to be honest, the way he's introduced here, you do feel like there's got to be something. He's got to be like the master or something. Because, yeah. <laughs> like... That. It can't just be that he's just this. He's so nice and friendly to everyone. He just he really loves his city, and you know he works in the food bank, but he won't even take any food for himself because he's just that nice. It's just like oh, bugger off. Yeah, <laughs> he is a he is a nice guy, isn't he? Yeah, but having said that, John Bishop. Very likeable on-screen presence. Good casting. Yeah, and I, I think he is a yeah. big Doctor Who fan, isn't he? Uh, I, I don't think he's the big... Uh, he's not on the, the level of, say, 
some of the other guest stars you've had, like, I don't know, Frank Skinner or someone. Yeah, I'm certain um, I've read something somewhere where he was talking about how he is a fan yeah. of the show. But... Yeah, I mean, to be fair, it's a very popular show in the UK. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. Right. Uh, so, at the weekend, he's going to take Di out for a drink. Yeah. Okay. We then jump back to the TARDIS, which is struggling. And we get yeah. a psychic connection to the Doctor. Ooh, yes. Something that we later find to be called Swarm is yeah. imprisoned since the dawn of the universe. And a couple of people yeah. approach to ensure he's still trapped. Um. He breaks free, and we find out, David, that they work for Division. Yeah. Well, a bit of a giveaway. I don't know if you noticed. Uh, the guns they're using are the same as the ones we saw in Fugitive of the Jadoon. I would not have recognised that. Yeah. I I am a big enough nerd that like the, when the, they were first introduced, I was looking at those guns and being like, that design looks very familiar to me. You know, with the you know, big chunky ones with like the glowing orange innards um but anyway yes yeah so we, we we are we are at least scuttling around the edge of of uh that whole storyline which is exciting um so he kind of regenerates yeah kind of i get the impression he's basically just sort of like sucks the life force out of uh yeah these we don't we don't know for a fact whether or not they are time lords, but you know, e- either way, he certainly steals himself a bit of life energy and uh, gets a spiky head. Yeah, like yeah. Uh, he's got like crystal in his face. Yes. Yeah. Um. And uh, at the end of that scene, he like. Because it's obviously he's sort of projecting this in the doctor's mind. I, I I love how he like stares straight down the camera and kind of breaks the fourth wall. In uh, do you know the bit I'm referring yeah. to? Yeah, says yeah. trick or treat, doctor. Yeah, I I love that. Mm. Um, I I can't remember. I'm just gonna quickly look at the name of uh the actor, who plays Swarm. I think I'm certain when I looked on Wikipedia I'm not sure he's got a Wikipedia page um let me see I'm just gonna find his name quickly um why well, say quickly this hasn't gone well <laughs> come on internet let's see if I can beat you to it uh you probably can because like you you're you're working with a laptop that was built in the 21st century, presumably. Uh, it was played by um, Sam Spruill. That's the one, Sam Spruill. Uh, immediately great screen presence, I think. Do you not think? Yeah, I think, you know, it, it's another interesting villain. Yeah. Like, I, I don't like it when it's big monsters or ridiculous stuff. You know, like I've said this series, when we had the Guardians, they were like the best enemies and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You want someone who can have a bit of a back and forth with the Doctor. Mm. I think. Um, and we we get that here um, immediately. We just get... You, you, you just... 
you immediately sense this. There's, yeah, there's some some power there. Um, all right, where do we go next? I can't even remember. Um, so, yeah, we've done Trick or Treat Doctor, and the TARDIS begins leaking black goo. Um, so, Dan works at the food bank, because he's such a bloody good bloke. Um, what a good bloke. Yeah. Something flies by the food bank, and Dan goes home, but he refuses food from the food bank because he says he doesn't like soup. Well, I do. I really like soup, yeah. David. Agreed, Matt. Okay. Uh, bought some today. Some chicken and sweet corn soup. It was. It's going to be Ooh. lovely. Lovely okay. stuff. When he gets home, some kids trick-or-treat his house. Mm-hmm. And he's so generous, David, because he's such a good bloke. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. And then some random guy turns up and Dan shoos him away because he's not yeah. even in fancy dress. Matt, did you find that scene funny? No. Because <laughs> it is, it's one of those bits that is just there for a laugh. But I don't know I, what it is about Ch- Chibnall when he tries to write stuff that is just funny. It's really hit and miss, like, isn't it? Would, would I have found that funny if I was a child? I don't think I would have either. No. I think I think it's maybe just the pacing of it. Do you know what I mean? Mm. It just kind of sucks the energy out of it a bit, I feel like. But anyway. Yeah. Uh, so, something Lupari smashes into Dan's house. It's uh-huh. Carvanista, the giant dog. But don't call yes, him a indeed. dog. He doesn't like that. No. Uh, what uh, what do you think of the design of uh, Carvin Easter? Um, it looks good. It does look good. Yeah. But it does yeah. just look like a man in a dog suit at the same time. It does a bit. I, I also think it very much invites comparisons to Chewbacca. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, it, it's just about different enough that they get away with it. Um, but, so, yeah, you can't blame Dan for thinking it's just a bloke in a costume. No. Now, and Dan is immune to Carvanista's Jedi mind tricks. So Carvanista gets angrier and angrier with Dan till he just shoots him into a box. Yes, with that, I love his sort of laser axe mm. thing he's got going weapon. on there. Yeah. Uh, the TARDIS then lands in Liverpool, and I mm-hmm. bet you thoroughly enjoyed all the football banter that goes on. Yes, I was, I was, I was completely engaged by that and understood every reference being yeah. made. Yeah, you were telling me earlier you're a big fan of Jurgen Klopp's Geigen Press, so that's good to know, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've got their second album. It's pretty strong. Yeah, there's another prog rock band for you. <laughs> uh, right, so the Doctor and Yaz go to Dan's house and scan, you know, to see what's going on. They find his laptop, which stands out as the only like luxurious item in his house. He lives a pretty yeah. minimalist life. Um, yeah. And that's because it's not his laptop. It's all a big trap for the Doctor, which shrinks Dan's house. Set uh-huh. by Carvanista. Yes. Except before they escape, they find out there's seven billion Lupari ships on their way. Yes, indeed. That's quite a few, isn't it? Too many. Too many ships, yeah. though. Um, we then jump to the Arctic Circle. Why not? You know, as if this story wasn't jumping around enough, we're now at the Arctic <laughs> yeah. Circle. Yeah. Uh, a beacon sounds. It's a big floating disc thing. Mm. Only goes off in the gravest emergency. Yeah. 
Um, except the people that live at the Arctic Circle just smash it to bits and pretend they never received the alarm. Mm -hmm. Okay, Dan is now on board Carvanista's ship in an electrified cage. And Carvanista shows Dan they're in space. Yeah. And when Dan asks why he's been taken, what's special about him, uh, Carvanista just gets angry and won't talk to him. I love how well Dan handles it. Like, he's miffed, but yeah. he's not full-blown freaking out. No, well, you know, if it's a dog you can have a nice conversation with. Yeah, I guess. Well, it's a slightly grumpy conversation, let's be honest. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, Yaz is still really frustrated that the Doctor won't tell her what's going on. Yeah. And we then are introduced to the character of Claire, who approaches them. Yeah. And says, oh, hello, Doctor. But uh, the Doctor and Yaz don't know her. So, mm -hmm. straight away, this reminded me a little bit of Blink, you know, where people are meeting each sure. other out of time. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, they kind of almost dismiss her and just jump in the TARDIS. They're like, all yeah, right, well, see got, you later. They've got, a lot, they've, they've got a lot on, so... Maybe yeah. that happens a lot more to the Doctor than she realises. Well, it, it definitely happens at the end of Blink, when Sally Sparrow yeah, finally meets the, the Doctor. And, yeah, he, he and Ma Martha were just, you know, in the middle of another adventure. Mm. And he's just like, eh, yeah, all right, I'll take your folder, see you around. Yeah. <laughs> Right, so when they board the TARDIS, the door has moved. Yeah. Okay, and they aim to board Carvanista's ship, but not before Yaz confronts the Doctor to see what's going on. Mm -hmm. And I like this. Mm. I like that we're getting a bit of development. Yeah. It's only um, taken us two series, but yeah. Yes, indeed, yeah. Yeah. But... This, to me, I think is one of the most interesting aspects of the 13th Doctor, that on the surface, she's all, you know, rainbows and sunshine. But when when Yaz is actually asking her for information, she gets really snippy with her. She's like, yeah, well, you know what? Don't tell you everything. And it's just like, not, like, it's not nice. She's not nice to Yaz. Yeah. <laughs> At all. Could definitely have handled that differently. Um, but I feel like people who aren't watching closely or maybe only have an impression of the 13th Doctor don't get to really appreciate the the, the layers that, that Jodie Whittaker's actually bringing to that character. Mm -hmm. And that they think that this era is nothing but the 13th Doctor just just swanning around all, all chubby and jolly and, and uh, northern. Mm. Um, so anyway, yes, yeah, sorry. I've got a bit sidetracked there. Um, where are we up to? Uh, so Claire, after the Doctor and Yaz have left, sees a weeping angel. Oh, um, yes. She manages yeah. to avoid it until she gets home. But sadly, once she's going through the door, she blinks. Yeah. Now, this scene is... I think the best weeping angel scene since Amy in the sort of porter cabin thing with yeah. the angel on the screen. Yeah. In uh, uh, Time of Angels. 
Do you not think Angels Take Manhattan has good bits in it? What about that big uh, Statue of Liberty angel? Mm. It's made of copper, isn't it? The Statue of Liberty, though. Mm. Doesn't work. Really yeah. annoys me that. I'm sure I mentioned that when we did that episode, but <laughs> just um, on every conceivable level, that is a terrible idea. Uh, I, I don't know. Some people really love that episode. And I do not know why. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Anyway. So, yeah. if you like jumping about, David, allow me to introduce you to Observation Outpost Rose. Oh, yes, indeed. This is where we meet Vinder. Vinder, yes. Who <laughs> is reporting in, seemingly, to his superiors. He's observing an area of space. Yeah. Now, did you recognise the chap playing Vinder? Yeah, it's Grey Worm out of Game of Thrones, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Now, this was, like, the big hype reveal for Comic-Con that year, um, last year, in the run-up to, to Flux. They, they were like, oh, we're going to introduce this amazing new guest star. Um, you're never going to believe who it was. And it's just like... It's, it's Jacob Anderson, Grey Worm from Game of Thrones. I was like, oh yeah, that's good. He's nice. But it, do you know what I mean? It was like, I'm not, I'm not trying to do do him down at all. But I was like, I don't. Th I, I I remember watching it thinking like, I don't know how excited you expected me to feel, but certainly probably more than I actually am mm. about that. But yeah, nice to see him. Um, so yeah, there's an unknown phenomena detected, a planet devouring cloud, mm. and everything's just going to, you know, hell yeah. in a handbag, isn't it? It surely is, yeah. Okay, uh, we then see the swarm, sw I keep calling him the swarm, but it's not, is it? It's just swarm. Just swarm. Especially yeah. when the big cloud looks like a swarm, it's very confusing. Yes, indeed. Uh, so Swarm is in the Arctic Circle, and he scans the couple from earlier and just kills the man. Mm -hmm. And it yep. turns out the woman is his sister. Yeah. And she's blue. Mm. Yeah. She just looks like him, but a bit bluer and a bit more feminine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. The TARDIS does finally land on Carvanista's ship. Uh, mm -hmm. Yaz is instructed to go get Dan. The Doctor is on her way to confront Carvanista. Yes. And as she approaches, uh, he she turns his weapon off. Mm -hmm. Because she wants to stop the Lubari invasion. Yeah. And it turns out the reason she's been hunting him is because she wants to ask him about the Division. Is the last yeah. known Division operative. And he says, that's not a question I can answer. There you go. We, again, we, we, are, we are finally... It feels like we're going somewhere, doesn't it? Mm. Isn't that a nice feeling? Yeah. Yeah, I can't wait to get to the end of this series and not have any resolution. Um, so, yeah, Yaz frees Dan. And it turns out the reason there's seven billion loop body is because they are the humans' guardians. One yes. Lupari for every human, and Carvanista is Dan's guardian. Species bonded. 
Yeah. Mm. It's a lovely idea, I think. It's just a really fun science fiction idea. And obviously, you know, um, just to hammer it home, the Doctor says, oh, man's best friend. Yeah. Now, I find it kind of sort of sweet and interesting and exactly the sort of thing only Doctor Who would think to do. So, he actually wasn't abducting Dan. He was rescuing him from the yep. flux. So, he has to rescue him, yep. but he doesn't have to like him. Yes. Uh, <laughs> what great line. Great line. Uh, it just immediately, come on. Carvin Easter is great. Yeah. Isn't he? Yeah. I like the idea of them having a companion that just doesn't really like them. Yeah. Like, just what, like having a real dog. Like, one of the classic companions I'm really interested by is Turlo. Like, just like there as a bit yeah. of a rat out to get the doctor. But I know we've only seen a couple of stories. So I do like the fact mm. that they've got, like, a companion who doesn't really like them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's an interesting dynamic. Yeah. So Dan then shouts at Carvinister and they all run away as he shoots at them. Yeah. Uh, the TARDIS door has moved again and the Doctor gives Dan his tiny little house. Yes. <laughs> yeah. uh, Vinder is just there watching loads of planets die. Yeah. Uh, now, David, I know what you're thinking. Yeah. This episode hasn't jumped about enough. So why don't we I go know. 30 trillion light years away? Yes, I think we probably should. Uh, where we see some Sontarans who yes. are there to take adven- advantage sorry, of the flux. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we then hear the cloister bell. and uh, f- We do, yeah. The flux approaches. Mm. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, um, did you expect to get a concrete answer for what the flux is in episode one? No, not really, but yeah. I thought we'd maybe get a bit more than it. it's just a big cloud. I mean, it's a big cloud, but it is absolutely destroying everything in its wake. Yeah, yeah. Pretty high stakes cloud, as clouds go. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, where are we? Uh, the Doctor feels the universe breaking, mm-hmm. and Swarm communicates with her again says that he remembers the Doctor, but she doesn't know him. Ah. Uh, so the Doctor wants to head back to Earth, even though Carvinista and the Luke Bardi don't have time to evacuate. Yeah. Uh, then Diane, from earlier, goes to yeah. meet Dan on their date and is summoned into a house with a big white light mm-hmm. by Swarm's sister. Uh, I think when I yes. googled, is she called Azure? Azure, yes. Yeah. Uh, then the Doctor commands all the Lubari into formation, just like the Nova Corps. Exactly, yeah. Uh, def- definite, uh, uh, you know, gentle pilfering going on there. Yeah. So all the Lubari ships yeah. link together and form a big shield to encase the Earth. Mm-hmm. Uh, The TARDIS door opens and the Doctor smashes the TARDIS to fight the Flux with Artron energy or whatever. Except it doesn't... Uh, Just just like, um, you know, Rose in... in, uh, Back in in, uh, The Parting of the Ways. Mm. 
Yeah, yeah. We get, we're getting a lot of like RTD callbacks at the moment with Chibnall. Except it doesn't make so much as a dent in the flux. Mm-hmm. And the Doctor says, oh, I always wondered what the end of the universe looked like. Yeah. So, yeah, not not bad. Not bad. Yeah, and just as in the final moments, we get that little montage of just, like, reminding us of just the absolute crap ton of stuff we've been introduced to in this episode. Mm. Just these brief flashes. And, yeah, I, I, I remember, like, the first time I watched this, by the end of it, like, my head was ringing. Mm. I was like, what are we doing here? Like, when when I watched this, like I say, I, yeah. prob- I probably shouldn't have watched it, but I didn't want to miss out if there was a regeneration. Yeah, I sure. would say I did the equivalent of, like, just closing my book, putting it on the desk and pushing it away from me gently. <laughs> just like, <laughs> you know, I, I was none the wiser having watched this. No. But... You know, now you've had like the lead up to it. Is it is it feeling like it makes more sense, or is it still leaving you feeling like? No, I think I've I got d- a better understanding yeah. of where we are and where we're going. Yeah, I think having having some context for the division thread really helps. Yeah, yeah, it gives you some idea of where the Doctor is emotionally. Yeah, um, and you've got to remember as well, this whole, I remember you, Doctor, you don't remember me, that was pretty oh. much the whole plot of season 12. Yeah, yeah. So that's not, yeah, you, you can now, you can place that a bit more and be like, oh, yes, well, presumably then this is some old adversary that predates, uh, predates Hartnell. Mm. Um yeah, um, and that's nice. It's nice to see Chibnall. People sometimes have have accused him of like, um, you know, why even bother doing the Timeless Children arc if you're not going to do anything with it? It's like he already is. Look at that. Mm. It's um, you don't have to like it, but you can't deny the fact that he is doing stuff with it. Mm. Um, so yeah, I'm very excited for. Yeah. The, the five weeks we have ahead of, to, of us. Um, I don't really know that I've got a lot else to say because, you know, as as, a, as our, some of our tweeters mentioned, it's like, it's very, it's this is a particularly hard one to talk about in isolation. I think as we go on through Flux, most of, most of the episodes will have a bit more of an individual character to them. Okay, right. Um... It's not going to be six solid weeks of just this. Right. Can, can I ask a question? And you, you can choose not of to course. answer this. If yeah. You want. Obviously, there's several plot threads set up. Yeah. Yeah. Is it a case that each episode from now on addresses one of them and then they all come together at the end? Or is it, you know, we get a little bit of everything each week? Um, you can choose not to answer. I won't begrudge you. I won't. I won't answer that just yet. I don't think. I mean, I, what I will tell, what I will tell you about, is the title of next week's episode. Okay. War of the Sontarans. Okay, so there we go. I know what we're doing now. Next week. <laughs> In fairness, <laughs> I'll least probably for watch some that of episode this afternoon. So. Yeah. Um, fantastic. Well. Um, 
do join us next week, listeners, when we will be discussing War of the Sontarans. But until then, as always, thank you ever so much for listening. And until next time, cheerio. Bye now. Thank you for listening to Neither the Time Nor the Space. If you wish to contact us, our email address is timenorspacepod at gmail.com and on Twitter we are at timenorspacepod. And thank you to Alexander Urban for his smashing arrangement of the Doctor Who theme.